how can we be better in starting from our ceo and every single employee to attract the best talent we need a vision we are speaking with sanjeev sahu he is the executive vice president and chief digital officer of ingram micro we are a 49 billion dollar revenue company operating in 160 countries you know all across the world and powered by more than 35000 global associates you know if you look at all of the technology the brands and leading brands and emerging brands we are the brand behind those businesses we support tens and thousands of customers and vendors you know in technology there's another interesting statistic michael to understand you know the the scale of ingram micro more than 80% of the technology in the world you know actually touched by ingram micro in the last 40 years there may not be a single day in the technology world that you know ingram micro was not being used so that's kind of the way to understanding the scale you know, of ingram micro so i'm really excited to be at ingram micro and and, and it's a huge company give us a, an overview of the, the nature of your business we are a technology distribution company so if we we actually take from the biggest brands you know hardware software services cloud consumption and distribute it to you know the uh, resellers value added resellers and you know customers so that's what we do we distribute technology we're one of the largest technology ecosystems you know in the world and we distribute all kinds of technology hardware softwares you know subscription services cloud everything you are the chief digital officer of ingram micro And so of course I have to ask what does being the chief digital officer mean at at Ingram Micro and where does the, where does where does the CDO role fit into the Ingram Micro world The chief digital officer role where I work report closely and work report to our CEO Paul Bay you know our new CEO and I spend like hours and hours with him all the time talking and the CDO role is a strategic role where my mandate is to actually digitize the all of ingram micro you know figuring it out everything that we do our products our services and create new digital models create new customer experience modernize some of our technology and really create you know the newer ingram micro and the way we are going so how we serve our customers how we serve our vendors you know not only create technology there is one difference i'll tell you michael that the way we believe and i personally believe that digital or the cdo role is not just about technology it is also an amalgamation of business value and technology so there is a word about digital transformation but i also believe more in digital operation like how do you create a digital operating model how do you take all the technology how do you take all the processes how do you combine them together and figure out the way powered by data and digital to actually create new routes to market and show tangible value in terms of ebitda revenue growth and that's where you know my role fits in to create that intersect with both technology digital technology creating platforms with the, the product side digital operations how we you know create the value in the businesses using digital technology and also then you know rolling out the new changes and a communication of the fitting together the new digital ecosystem and the products we are building. That term digital operating model is quite interesting. Would you elaborate for us on what you mean by that? We talk about digital transformation generally, right? The digital transformation generally means that there is something needs to be transformed 
and there is a start date and an end date. But in my mind, digital transformation is a spirit. It's a mindset. It's continuous. So every single time, every company has some assets. Now, how matured they are, we can argue about that. Some have more matured assets, some have less matured assets, some have better products. But you have to continuously figure out with the combination of processes, the digital technology and assets you have, improve your operating model in the way you actually serve your customers or your partners and create business value, but also figure out always new ways to get to the market, stay ahead of competition, leapfrog them, and be prepared for, you know, the change can come from anywhere, Mike. Like, for example, every company has either a performance gap or an opportunity gap. But if you look at the opportunity gap, we never know where competition comes from. So the operating model is taking those assets and creating as if it is an operating unit and continuously operating with a digital mindset. And as your digital assets mature and you can show value in, in actual books, you are actually transforming. So instead of terming it as transformation with a start date and end date, I believe in how do we create a mindset and a spirit with a new digital operating model, you know, which is you know, different and it is there today and don't need a start date and end date. Would it be correct in your view to say that digital transformation, therefore, is about rethinking the business and its operations from the point of view of what's actually best for our customers? Is that a correct way of looking at it in your view? Absolutely. The digital transformation starts with the business value or outcome, which we predict to happen and ends with a tangible business value and outcome. You fit technology in between. It doesn't start with technology in my mind, and it doesn't only end with technology. It starts with the business value and outcome and a result that you think that you can demonstrate. You end or at least show the value that you get, and you fit you know, technology in between. Now, it can be there are different ways to create value. It can be you are improving your automation and improving EBITDA by automating processes. It can be that you are creating a new platform with machine learning, AI, new experience that actually serves your customers better and create a new experience for your customers. Or it can be that you are creating new platform for your suppliers, but there's always a value proposition which you think you will get. And then you have to actually get that value you know, realized. And then you use technology processes and do that. And one other thing, Michael, is very important that the focus on why, like, you don't jump into doing something digital or creating a new product. You figure out why and start with the customer journey, you know, how you serve your customers. You focus, start with why, then you figure out what, what, do I, what are we building? Then you actually then figure out, you know, the how, the technology and the pieces. But I always say you end with a wow. There has to be a wow in a digital transformation or a digital platform where you really delight your end users, your customers, or your partners. That's the wow, because that's when you figure out, okay, it's easy you know, to actually go that way. Everything you're describing makes perfect sense. You start with the customer. You start with the, why are we doing this? What is the expected business value and the outcomes? And then we apply technology to help realize these goals. 
Here's my question. Isn't starting with the customer kind of obvious in what every successful business has been doing probably since the Stone Age, whether using writing on the cave walls up until now? So how, so what's actually different? Yes, you always start with the customer. But at the same time, tying everything together that you have in an organization is different, right? So it's not, there is a maturity of how you serve your customers today. But there is also limitations of your landscape, which prohibits you how you serve your customers. It might be you have legacy technology, you have legacy platforms. It might be that you are not utilizing data the right way. It might be that there are too many you know, diversities of the business that doesn't allow you to serve that, but there are a lot of limitations. The one thing is that even if you start with the customer, you have to figure out in a very iterative way, how do you take all those barriers out? Today, technology has evolved to actually move your barriers. Technology has evolved you to actually test more faster way what works and what doesn't work. With the advent of cloud, you can actually put solutions much more faster. With the advent of open source, you can do that. So yes, you start with customer, but then you tie your processes in your businesses, right? You have processes internally. You have processes how you go to market. You have processes in operations. You also have to tie in, uh, Michael, three areas. One is, one is, yes, the voice of the customer. You also have to take in the voice of the business and the operations. Like what feedback loops, what our business is doing, take those operations and voice. Then you also have to figure out the focus on value. One thing I'm very, very particular is however you do it, we cannot just build another shiny new technology or platform. We cannot just do cloud for the sake of doing cloud because it's shiny. We cannot do machine learning because sake of doing machine learning. Focus on value. And as long as you realize value, it can be revenue generation, it can be EBITDA, margin, whatever ways, that's very important. So then would it be accurate to say that the customer is your end goal, improving those relationships, removing friction, whatever, you, as you describe, whatever the goals are, but operations are the mechanism through which we get there. And therefore, digital transformation, as you're describing it, needs to encompass that entire end-to-end business life cycle. Exactly. Let me give an example of Ingram Micro, right? We just cannot just focus on only the customers. And yes, we start with the customer, understand the demand that we generate from the customer, how you serve our customers better. But you cannot just serve the customer's understanding without you know, figuring out a better way how you serve your suppliers and your vendors better because that's the source, right? You cannot figure out, you have to figure out a better way how you process, you know, the, that our associates use. So as you said, it has to be an amalgamation of everything, you know, your processes, your, your vendors, your partners, all tied together with customers being in the top of your value chain to figure out a way to interconnect everything to serve your customers better. So we have a great question from Twitter, and this is from Arsalan Khan. He's a regular listener and he asks wonderful questions. And Arsalan, thank you for your questions and for listening. And Arsalan says, we talk about value and the value of data. How do executives across the company view data as a valued asset and which has the same value uh, regardless of who's using it. So I think the broad, the broad issue he's raising is the issue of data, 
thinking about data as an asset and does that value change depending on where you are in the company? How do you think about data as an asset? I think data, in my opinion, is the most important asset of digital transformation. Why? Because I think data fuels the whole you know, digital transformation in a way that you can actually make decision-making easier. You can have a data-driven product model. You can use machine learning and AI to actually understand the whole ecosystem better. For example, let's say we want to serve we want our customers in a very segmented way, understanding in every segment the nature and behavior of the customers. And we want to build recommended solutions and match them to the customers. How do we do that? That's where data fits in, machine learning fits in. Second of all, we want to create an operational oversight about everything globally that we're doing right now. We cannot do that without data. So data is the backbone, even in Ingram, data is a backbone of the entire digital transformation, the digital operation that we are creating right now. It starts with data and data is a fool. And we actually call it data engine experience. You know, it starts with data. We you know it starts with harmonizing data, looking at data, creating machine learning AI. Then we call it engines, which are business functionalities, you know, powered by that data. And then these chain together, we create a frictionless experience, you know, for our customers, for our vendors. And, and the way, even in the company, I think data sits at the top in the sense that even our executives, we look at data and make decisions. Data helps us make decisions. Data helps us make our go-to market strategies better and the entire ecosystem better. To answer your question, in my opinion, you cannot have a digital transformation without data. It's the most important asset for digital transformation. So that being the case, you spoke earlier about the spirit and the mindset, which implies the, the culture. What happens in a business that is transforming where yes, di digital data is the core asset, but they're not used to thinking about data that way. What do they do? You have data, but it's also important how you strategically use data. Let's example culturally how you do it, especially taking Ingram's example. When you're actually doing digital products or building solutions, as I said before, Michael, focus on why is very important. We do a lot of design thinking. So you bring different groups of people together. You figure out the problem that you're solving. You look at data as a touch point, figuring out how you make your decisions about the problems and solutions you're building. Because you take emotions out and focus on facts that data helps you. And then what you do is you together understand different aspects of the journey in a 360 way from aspect of customer to the aspect of operations to, you know, from everything, finance, operations, customer, business, you look at holistically how you are doing that entire you know, journey. Now, as you then iterate around, as you start building the products and looking at things, then data helps you in figuring out adoption metrics. What is working? What is not working? And it keeps us honest. So at the same time, take an example, Michael. We are building a solution. Without the data, you cannot understand the pain points of the frontline managers or operations. You look at that and figure out, wow, really? This actually takes such a long time. It's so much manual to actually do that. That is an intelligence for us to figure out, okay, 
let's solve the problem but if i keep going back to the first point i told you that when you look at digital there is two parts of the coin and i'm very very passionate about this one is i call value creation and one is value capture value creation is yes you are building technology with all these inputs and data and modern technology yes you are creating digital assets which have a promise of creating value but if you do not complete the other side with data intelligence and business process transformation operations then it's incomplete so you have to have the entire transformation to both sides start with value creation and also iterate with value capture so that you can actually show that yeah this is how you are actually creating true tangible value to make it a true strategic agenda in the company you know you know you cannot talk we can talk about digital transformation digital products but to make a truly strategic lever that value capture is extremely important so where does this idea of mindset culture spirit come into play with all of this so everything you're describing it comes into play about two things one rallying the organization about a vision the vision is not yes we are digitizing going a digital strategy but we are going to a better way to serve our customers you are creating a new strategy first of all create that culture of collaboration with all your customers you know or within the company across organization number 1 number 2 you have to rally the organization with what you are building so basically i talked about design thinking we talked about communication communication is very very important as we actually you know imply change imply change management telling the story about how this will help you how this new platform or new tool or technology will actually help you across the globe figuring out a way then creating a plan that de-risks you know and balanced plan of operation that it doesn't disrupt i call it perform as you transform you cannot only perform or only transform you have to do both so creating that balanced plan is extremely important then also taking the feedback loops you know i call it empathy michael when we are doing digital transformation this is my favorite line i call it communicate with compassion but execute with passion really talk to everybody about what are your pain points how can we solve them rather than this is a new tool and platform use it we have to understand how it creates value internally and tell that story make them understand to create that spirit and mindset once you get everybody hooked on from the start and the mindset is important this is where again that there is no technology it or business this has to be together joined in the hip from the start it so it becomes one joint strategy it's not another shiny tool or technology but we actually are working on it together that's where the spirit and mindset comes in So this then implies that an important part of digital transformation is the breaking down of silos of uh, whether it's information silos, culture silos, product silos, what have you. Is that correct in your view? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's breaking silos and joining everybody together with a common spirit about how can we be better. how can we serve our customers better how can we be better at our operations and overall how can we be a better company as long as and it comes from the top you know paul our ceo is extremely about serving our customers better and strategically focusing on digital transformation you now making sure we can do this better so it comes from the top and everybody in the organization you have to spend time to communicate 
do demos of the platform, sit with the frontline groups, take their feedback. Take, that's how you know it, it all you know balls together. That's how you break the silos, you know, and bringing them together. I realize that the focus for you is not primarily, not first and foremost, technology, but rather the business outcomes and the value. But you've referred to the platform several times. So can you share with us the importance of the technology and the platform in this kind of digital transformation? It's both, Michael. We are working on technology and platform and business value. So for example, our focus, one of the focus is we are doing a lot of work on data, building global data lakes, you know, and harmonizing data. We are building engines. We are building machine learning libraries. We are building new, you know, customer platforms, experience platforms, you know, which we talked about experience, our vendor experience platforms. So there's a lot of work happening in, you know, building technology, more, you know, modernizing technology, improving our customer experience through this platform. The point I was trying to make was that if you are building platform and then waiting for it to be get adoption and adopted in the business and change, yeah, it might work. It works sometimes, but my philosophy is do it together. So engage the model about if the platform is built, how is it going to improve our operations, both in EBITDA tangible terms? How can we actually have different go-to market and improve our business? bring that value proposition from day one and then jointly iterate the cycles of product development. So basically you can figure, you get the advantage of having feedback loops and inputs from the actual operations and customers feedback about building that technology and the product. At the same time, you can actually make sure that when it is developed, you're not waiting for a long time to get adoption. The second point is Michael, really when you are architecting, we put a lot of focus on architecture. Like, for example, we are architecting solutions such a way on cloud, building data clouds, building API-based asynchronous ecosystems that can talk to each other, making sure that we have different data distribution techniques, making sure our customer experience platform is self-learning, data ingestion framework-based, machine learning-based. It can change based on segmentation and the persona. These actually help us to pivot different ways and architect because the market is changing all the time. So that, that is where technology comes in. That yes, technology is a huge power and there, but you wrap it up with business value. That's how both of them come together. Shall we jump over to LinkedIn and take a few questions? We have some great questions on LinkedIn. I'll just take these in order. And this is from Anshuman Das, and he asks, how do you measure the maturity of digital operations at Ingram Micro, and can you share the metrics that you measure? It's a great question. There are different ways to actually you know, measure metrics and adoption. We call it a financial model uh, without giving too many details over here. Let me give you a broader framework that can be used to measure. So when you are actually building a technology or a platform, you can actually measure changes like volume means your revenue input, you can have margin, you can have pricing. There are different ways to measure you know, the metrics. Now, what you do is you actually look, figure out what is incremental revenue this solution can bring through one digital channel. So you can measure initially if you have a traditional business, your how much is your digital business, how much is digitization and not, figure out the revenue. And as you automate, 
your operating income should be better because you're automating more at a higher EBITDA than a traditional business. Generally, how you think about it. Then you look at different ways to access. For example, let's say you're building a solution for providing recommendations for your customers. Now, every single recommendation will be an incremental volume acquisition for your customers, which is purely through the channel. So which means that, and that may be at a higher margin because you are not putting OPEX or human costs behind it, you know, and then you can figure out, okay, if this, you will grow this business at a higher, lesser operation cost, that is profitable. So there is no one single metric. What we do is figuring out every single engine, there is a financial model that we are building to measure success and how you can actually sh make sure that that actually works. It brings to the point about that whole digital operations and digital operating model that if you think there is kind of like a shadow business by itself, then you can start measuring the revenue flowing through your digital channels, the operating income, and what are the levers through which you can actually gain, show that the operating income is improving at a level better than the overall revenue. That's the way we measure it. In summary, you're looking at a range of really traditional business outcomes including uh, revenue, I'm sure customer satisfaction, a whole, a whole range of, of things, but they're not digital transformation metrics per se, they are business metrics, value metrics. Yes, and in the value metrics, you figure out what is your access channel and how you measure it. There are different access channels. Some can be pure digital, some can be blended because one of the traditional challenges, I know that is figuring it out to figure out a measure, how much is truly digital, how much is an operating you know, improvement. To start that model before as a measurement when you're building the product with that analytics model setup is easier so that you can actually measure it as a product is you know, built. The second point is to Anshuman to your question is that as you're building the digital products, inject the measure of adoption there so that when it is live, you can actually measure those analytics and improvement but the bottom line is very simple. If you're doing everything right, you would see the results in your you know, book somewhere, which shows, yes, everything we are digitizing, operating, is improving our EBITDA and margin or everything. It's as simple as that because there is no, 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 no two, two cents if we truly do digital right. We have another really interesting question from LinkedIn. And, and you can see that I try to prioritize the questions that come in from LinkedIn and Twitter, and now they're starting to stack up. So we'll, we'll get to folks' questions. Steve Jones on LinkedIn, he is the chief data architect at Capgemini, asks this question. How do you get people to understand new outcomes when they are dealing with legacy systems? People can visualize the experience much better than just a PowerPoint or a story. Giving them demos of what the end experience will look like showing prototypes of the product that you are building, giving them examples, take one pinpoint of their day-to-day -day life of an associate or a manager or an operations and showing them in the prototype, look, this is your day in life today. This is what you could do. This is how you do a process today. This is what is possible showing them the art of possible in a way that excites them, motivates them is very useful. So one of the things that we do is we actually do a lot of demos of our experience platform we are building. 
you know, and the product teams actually do lots of demos and communication explaining. And in both ways, right? When we are doing design thinking, we understand that feedback, absorb that in, uh, uh, with empathy maps and do that. What I have uh, noticed is that in that approach, it helps a lot in actually creating excitement, understanding with an empathy rather than talking about, yes, we are doing this technology because yes, technology is important, but larger organizations really do not care you use technology A or B, which is okay. And you can build the best technology platform in the world. If it is not used and driving the business, it's pointless. So really starting with the users and demoing their experience and engaging them is actually a way that works you know, to that point, Steve. So really you are very uh, rigorous, it sounds like, and very disciplined in terms of always reverting back to the to the core point, which is where's the business value that we're creating? Are we doing something materially different that we can measure with customers? Is there a financial result? It sounds like you're uh, really maniacally focused there. It's very important, uh, see, because I think a lot of the transformations fail. And in my mind, and I, I don't know the, the magic bullet, but my understanding is that if we focus on value and from the start and work on it together with people who are from the business, take them, engage them, have the message. I call it like an informal communication network. Tap that network in every company to spread the message about the art of possible with digitization and engage them from start and really measure value. That's how you actually do true transformation because Yes, a lot of the times we feel, yes, we had a shiny algorithm, a shiny object. But if you dive deep into, look at the balance sheet and the PNL, where does it show? You can't find them. So I think my point is that let's start about finding that in the books, which becomes a true strategic lever, not just something that we are trying to figure out it works. And if you start by solving with the pain points and the business value and create the models early, then you are not really focusing on adoption. I actually don't now believe the word adoption because adoption means you first build the technology and then you are looking at option. I believe in operations, build technology and operations in a continuous spirit every day so that you are improving every day how you operate using you know, technology that you have. That's I think is, is my mantra. You know, I will say uh, last week on this show, we had a professor from... Uh, INSEAD, the business school in Europe. And he was talking about innovation and, and like you, really emphasized collaboration with customers, co-creation of value, focus on operations. And like you, he really emphasized the importance of listening to the frontline workers because those folks are the ones who are actually talking with customers and they know what customers are experiencing. Absolutely. I think the feedback loops the voice of the business, voice of the customers, doing design thinking, focusing on why, and starting there is a very important aspect. You know, and if you build technology or product in a vacuum, too often, you know, because technology changes all the time, too often we get lost. So I, I agree hundred percent that, and and that's why we are starting. You know, in Ingram from start. If you look at it, we we now have the collaboration. We started. We do a lot of design thinking. The organization is hungry for change. One of the things I, I love about Ingram is everybody, every single day is not about, you know, hey, this is changing. It's about how can we be better? 
and it's starting from our CEO and every single employee. And that motivates me every day to come to work because you know, how can we actually be better? How can we change? And then understanding their voice. We have this problem, Sanjeev, or any of the teams. How can we solve it? And then showing them those demos excites them. And now we are in the path of solving, but really creating the digital operations that how can we actually navigate and create value in the business from day one? That's where we start from day one. We, we don't start product and then adoption. That's, that's where we are going. We have another question from Twitter, and this is from Nick Haddad, who asks, how do you leverage digital technology to mitigate against rising logistics costs, sourcing challenges, and supplier risks? So really the whole supply chain aspect. There are two aspects we call it. If you look at our focus, you know, there are two, three aspects. You know, one is obviously the entire customer experience that we talk about, creating the data, machine learning, segmentation, personalization, customer experience. And then we have, we are working on solutioning and, you know, a lot of stuff. But you cannot really digitize your experience, customer experience, without creating the entire automation in the digital value chain, which is really figuring it out, like, inventory replenishment, inventory looking at, making sure we actually source the supply chain better. We are also working on making our platform and technology for our partners better. So that makes it easy for us to integrate with us, you know, makes it make sure we can give the information better, give them the product information better, what works, what doesn't work. And all of this, we talked about the, the global data before, taking the data and figuring it out where are you know, the issues, where are the challenges, where are the back orders? So figuring out all that helps us. So the, to answer your question, there are three parts. One is visibility to the problems that helps us through data, because you can actually be more prescriptive and predictive about your you know, supply chain and making sure you do that. Number two is data creates you synchronously connect your suppliers with your customers and making sure your internal ops as well that whole ecosystem is interconnected. So digital with modern message bus, service bus, API-based ecosystems helps you to connect that. The third thing is action. So you actually are able to take actions, immediate actions, and optimize your costs to data. Now, this is cannot be all perfect. This is always an incremental process. There's no silver bullet with all the supply chain, you know, and logistics challenges we have in the world today. There's no silver bullet. But there's a constant process that we are working on right now to improve. And we have another comment from Twitter, and this is from Terry Griff Griffith, who raises the important issue of talent. When you talk about culture, you must talk about talent. And so can you weave that aspect in for us, please? To attract the best talent, you need a vision. And what we are doing is we have a vision where we are going, and we tell our story to attract the talent. And the talent is very important, Michael, is because personally, when you know I hire, there are three questions that I look at. You know, uh, I call it CQ, EQ, and IQ. CQ is competency quotient. Means if you say that you are a product person or an engineering person or you're a programmer, you better know your stuff, that you're competent. So that's competency quotient. The EQ is very important is how you connect with people today with the digital journey. It's very important that you collaborate, co-create, like Michael, we talked before that 
you need to listen to people. You cannot just build in vacuum. So that EQ, emotional quotient about how can you collaborate? Can you talk to everybody? That's very, very important to judge. The third thing is IQ, which is not traditional IQ, but can you focus on why? Can you connect the dots? See, if you combine this, we focus on these three elements to actually attract talent. Now, we obviously, talent is an issue right now. We are trying to go and attract talent and build, but also very important to actually re-engage and re-motivate your current talent. One of the things that I tell our teams is that don't limit your challenges, but challenge your limits. Sometimes, if somebody is doing a job for many years, just trying to give them a new opportunity and push them, you can get a better returns from them, you know, and then actually always attract a new talent. And one of the things is that, look, we are, today in age of AI, we feel if machines can learn over time, why can't our employees learn over time? So I believe in investing and figuring it out, can we give opportunity to our people to learn more? And so the two parts, one is re-engage, push, challenge your current talent to, to do more and get better. And then when you attract talent, look at these three quotients so that you are the right mixture of traditional talent who understands the business and new talent who brings in new ideas. And as a leader, my job is to mix them, breathe them together to create a, a culture that is you know, sustainable. We've spoken about a lot of different aspects of digital transformation. Can you identify where the challenges are, where companies tend to uh, get bogged down, what's hard, whether at Ingram Micro or at any other companies? The number one competition or hurdle of a company to transform digitally is the company itself. That's the number one competition because Nobody can stop you from transforming digitally or doing something digitally apart from you yourself. So the number one is coming up with a mindset about, can we think newly, embrace change and strive for the better? So a lot of companies struggle that because it's very difficult to, if you think that you have done something for many, many years, how to actually do it differently. Change is hard. Human minds generally do not, Step change. It's very hard. So that's number one. I think mindset is very, very uh, one of the biggest obstacles, I feel. That's why I talked about, in my mind, digital transformation operation should be a spirit that it is every day. So that's number one, Michael. Number two, I feel that sometimes this differentiation between technology, operations, because many people think digital is technology. In fact, it is not technology and not only about technology. A digital is an amalgamation of business operations and technology. And, that if you, and if you do not start it from soon, it fails because you're building some product, customer changes, the operation changes, adoption doesn't work, then you actually do not succeed and market conditions change. So really being able to do that is very really, So that's the second you know, uh, reason of failure. Number three is really focusing on a plan that really balances your risk. So you have to be able to take calculated risk. I called it perform as you transform. You cannot stop performing, but how do you create that balance between your performing but transforming and creating a plan that takes calculated risk is a number three. A lot of companies 
are doing silo transformation, silo perform, performing and silo transforming. You have to bring it back together mainstream where it's a balance. So I think those are the three things I can think on top of my head. What are the challenges why organizations fail in digital transformation? We have one last question from Arsalan Khan. I'll ask you to answer it just in a sentence or two. Do you see differences in digital transformation and culture from one region to another? Yes, there is always be differences in how you launch your product because regions are different. You know, the, the spirit or how you adopt products are different. But it's very important is to actually customize the message for the same platform or product in a way that you could connect and understand the pain points. That's the secret source of adoption. You're right, yes, the ch challenges and the opinions are different, but when you are building something globally, like as large as Ingram Micro, which we operate in 160 countries, we have to be able to actually translate that into what is meaningful for the region and the country, otherwise adoption will not happen. Okay, and on that note, I have to say a huge thank you to Saj, Sanjeev Sahu. He is the Executive Vice President and Chief Digital Officer of Ingram Micro. Sanjeev, thank you very much for being here and taking the time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michael. My pleasure. And everybody, thank you for watching, especially for those folks who ask such wonderful questions. Now, before you go, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button at the top of our website so we can send you our newsletter. Check out CXOTalk.com and we will see you again next time. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. Bye-bye.